The Lead Story is proudly brought to you by Alex Forbes. Alex Forbes, insight, advice, impact. Welcome back to the Business Report. You're on over 1035. And uh, James Neopi is uh, someone who is uh, probably going to have to start getting rent from us at some point because we're, uh, we're hiring him in so often. Namibia's Green Hydrogen Commissioner James Miopi this week announced a significant milestone in the country's green hydrogen endeavors. The Namibian government has successfully secured over $790 million uh, Namibia dollars uh, in grant funding, earmarked for a 24% stake in hyphen hydrogen energy, as well as for other green hydrogen initiatives within the nation. This uh, funding represents a substantial step towards the estimated $1.8 billion Namibia dollars required for the Green Hydrogen Feasibility Study. Of the total, more than uh, $437 million has been allocated towards the government's ownership in Hyphen. James Miopi, welcome back to the Business Report. Uh, let's talk about that quickly. That's uh, that's quite a milestone to have. Uh, like we spoke about a year ago, and you seemed to indicate at that time that there was going to be external funding to uh, cover the government's stake, um, despite criticism that this is perhaps wasn't the best use of funds and it now looks like you've been able to achieve that congratulations hey that's not too bad thanks for remembering it's a it's a big deal for governments to deliver on promises and uh, that's what we managed to do here so you know the whole package is about 40 million euros and we're going to put that in a fund called sdg namibia one we're pretty much almost done with registering that new fund you know but what's exciting for me um gary is you know there's a new asset manager as well that we're forming hey to run this fund and that asset manager, you know, it's going to be run 50-50 by us, uh, the government, through the Environment Investment Fund. And the other 50% will be run by a Dutch company called CFM. So if you want to think about it holistically, we're creating some new jobs, we're creating some new skills in Namibia through hydrogen, but not in your typical electrolyzer thing, in financial management. And we're starting a new world-class fund that will be actually able to attract capital from around the world. Because the $40 million is just the beginning that's to seed the development fund, which we want to raise $100 million uh, to, for that fund. And that should then prepare enough pipeline to actually raise about a billion dollars, which is the actual big goal for the construction fund. So a, a, a long way to go still from that journey. But yes, for that 24% stake in Hyphen, the 22 million euros has been secured uh, through this particular facility. Exciting times. Um, and it's been a very, very interesting week. A few other interesting things have happened as well. We'll get on to those in a second, James. But just tell us, I mean, these are mind-boggling numbers for most people. These are huge numbers, uh, billions of dollars, of Namibia dollars, and, and and even billions of euros, as you'll tell us shortly. Where does the money come from? Amazing. Very, very good question. Um, and in fact, one of these days... You said, you know, you, you'll start charging me rent. What I'll do is I'll start a podcast or maybe I'll get like my own channel um, in future media's empire. Because what I do want to show you is a huge global trend where a lot of these developed nations are putting aside billions and billions of dollars to subsidize and kickstart a hydrogen economy in their own countries. And sometimes in Namibia, we forget. We thought we should all be excited about hydrogen you should be excited about hyd hydrogen being used as a fuel to decarbonize industry, not necessarily as a defensive play, hey, to reduce carbon emissions, but actually the, the, the developed nations are looking at it offensively to say there is a new market share for clean goods and we are trying to grab as much market share in this new emerging opportunity as possible. So to give you a practical example, Gary, the U.S. now has 100, let's listen, 
150 billion US dollars in subsidy programs. Two years ago, they had nothing. Europe had like four or five billion a few years ago. They have 60 billion euros or, or dollars that they have set aside as subsidy programs to establish this new synthetic fuels industries in their, in their, in their markets. Now, where does this all the money coming into Namibia coming from? It's coming from the fact that the EU has recognized that they need, say, 20 million tons of hydrogen. That's what they said by 2030. 10 million of that has been earmarked to come from imports from countries like Namibia, right? And what they know is Namibia has the space, has the renewable energy, it, it has a stable political environment. So they're putting this money to work in Namibia to start producing the molecules that they need, not just to meet their emissions targets, but to actually meet the market share gains that they want to, to make in, for example, clean uh, e-kerosene, green steel, ETC. And that's actually where this whole green iron thing in Namibia is coming from. It's because Germany needs the green iron in order to decarbonize their steel industry so that they can make green cars that can drive around in their cities without being taxed with uh, their carbon border uh, taxes and stuff. Yeah, of course, we all know, James, that red cars go faster. So. <laughs> Always. <laughs> so let's talk about that then. Green Steel. There was uh, announcements uh, in last week about first of its kind in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, right here in our own backyard in Arundis, there's a company called High Iron, H-Y Iron, so hydrogen iron essentially. This company, uh, basically the story goes way back to 2022, let's call it. In March 2022, Tom Alwendo met a minister in Germany called Robert Habeck. He's the vice chancellor of Germany. December 2022, after these guys signed a partnership on hydrogen, Robert Habeck brings the largest uh, business delegation from Germany to Namibia ever. He, he lands here with a big plane. We greet him. He goes to State House. And when he was in State House, he gave a 13.8 million euro check to this company called High Iron that nobody really knew about. In August this year, High Iron comes out and says, hey, we use some of that money. We now have this patented technology that will use hydrogen to reduce iron ore to make green iron. Okay. Now, normally iron ore is uh, FEO in terms of your molecular chemistry, right? Uh, So it's basically like rust. Rust is iron and oxygen. And then to reduce it to pure iron that you can then put into a furnace to make steel, you needed a reducing agent, something that would bind with the oxygen and separate it from the iron. Normally, they used coking coal, so which was carbon. And when carbon binds with the oxygen, you get carbon dioxide, right? And obviously, that's not great for the climate. So now, if you use hydrogen to bind with the oxygen, you get water vapor, which, by the way, they then capture that water vapor, use renewable energy to then make hydrogen again. So it's actually a, a nice, clean, circular loop. It's a super interesting new technology. They tested it in Germany in August to say, yep, it works. We're going to go build our plant in Namibia. Guys are like, what? And now, a week, well, actually on Monday, they broke ground to start building their first plant here in Namibia that will reduce uh, up to 15,000 tons of iron ore to make what they call sponge iron or DRI, direct reduced iron. And then that's going to be exported into Germany to be used in their steelmaking process where they can start making green steel. Now, why this is amazing for Namibia is this is value addition at play. You take your iron ore, instead of exporting it as iron ore, we're now beginning to make green iron, 
right? This facility is apparently the first one of its kind in the world. Super, super cool that this is happening in Namibia. But most importantly, the government had always envisioned something called the green economy. It was activity one of, of, of pillar three in the economic advancement pillar. Number two was then hydrogen. Number one was always a green economy. As economic advisor, that was always the goal to create new green industries. Boom, shakala, there's your first green industry. We're going to make green iron in Namibia by using our own hydrogen, right? Which is fantastic for us, right? Because it's really the realization of, of a long-term goal. Yeah. And also plays into what we've uh, recently heard from government is that they uh, want to make it so that uh, we're not just an extractive industry that we're actually doing some primary processing. Yep. And this for that to happen as well in a, in, a, in a way that makes sense for everyone. Now, I understand also that, um, I mean, it's not just uh, the we, we spoke about grant money that had been raised, um, but uh, you were chatting about a billion euros. Yeah. That's available. Tell us more about that. So, since we started this whole effort, um, there was an MOU that was signed between Ursula von der Leyen, President Goingob, at COP27 in Egypt, right? And then on the back of that, we started working on something called a roadmap, which was a series of activities that would help realize the vision of that MOU. That MOU was, hey, let's focus on hydrogen uh, from Namibia and critical raw minerals, right? These minerals and the hydrogen are, are all key ingredients in the just energy transition, whether it's lithium and, for example, a rare earth for batteries, permanent magnets, you need these things for you know generating clean electricity, ETC, or the hydrogen, which is, as you can see, a very key ingredient to make fuels, fertilizer, or even reducing agents, right? So in that MOU, once we put together all of the roadmaps, there are different support packages that the EU has been giving us. The total combination of those support packages is about a billion euros. So it's 20 billion Namibian dollars or so. And the 40 million euros that we're using to start the fund, the 40 million euros that we use to start those pilot projects and do the scholarships, the 4.2 million euros that was given to us to start the green hydrogen program that I'll be running, all of that money put together, plus, for example, that 500 million euro facility that has been availed to the Minister of Finance to say, look, we know you're going to need to build new rail, new roads, new pipelines, new transmission line. Here is a facility that is way cheaper than your own loans, right? Your own bonds. If the Minister of Finance went to the market to raise, you know, 10 billion Namibian dollars, he'd be raising at BB minus and very, very high interest rates. So they've given him an option where he can have a 500 million facility, 25-year tenure, five-year grace period with AAA credit rating and a few ba um, basis points on top for transaction fees. That's a facility that he can use if he, ne he needs to. If he doesn't, that's fine. You know, he can borrow money from somewhere else. But all of that package together is a billion euros. Massively important. It's an enabling factor towards establishing a green industry, a synthetic fuels industry, and essentially Namibia's green industrialization agenda, which we believe takes us one step closer to, to Vision 2030, which is massively important. Perhaps just... Um I mean, it shouldn't have to say it, but it's it's perhaps important to say it. These aren't uh, donations. This isn't charity. This isn't a handout. These are business people who are putting money into something they believe will grow. And of course, this is important because uh, all too often what we've seen with aid funding is that it creates it's some one sort of lump in activity that then either becomes a white elephant or or you know is becomes embroiled in in maintenance issues. 
uh, it is important for Namibia to understand that these are long-term investments in the future of the of the country, and therefore must only create sustainable activities. I think this is such an important point, right? Like, and that it's worth pausing and thinking about a little bit, right? Um, we had the Millennium Challenge account before, three hundred million euro uh, dollars. I think it went into education, health, and stuff like that, which was great and needed. But a lot of those were not necessarily income generating assets. In this instance, you can see that a big part of this money is going to build new projects, new factories, new industries that are potentially income generating assets, right? Or things like railroads and pipelines that are enabling assets that you can plonk on new factories on top of. I think the one interesting thing as well to remember is Vision 2030 actually says we need about 2.3% unemployment rate at Vision by 2030, right? So if you take if you take the numbers, let's do it together on your show. Um, you know, today's sort of unemployment rate is 33%, but um, 71, so let's do 3 million people in 2030. Um, 63 point something percent of those will be working age population. And then 70% of that will be economically active people. And then 30% of that, that's how you get to your unemployment rate. If you do the same math, and you multiply 2.3% unemployment versus 33% unemployment rate, you end up with needing to create about 470,000 jobs between today and 2030, right, to be able to absorb all of these people, right? So you definitely need to do something else other than agriculture and everything else that we're doing today. Uh, And even oil won't get us there in the the end. Oil will create some new jobs. It'll create a lot of money, but not very, very um, uh, labor intensive. So you will have to put together all of these industries. And, and, and the one other thing that's very important from Vision 2030's perspective is the goal and the ambition was for 90% of our economic output, our GDP, to come from the secondary and the tertiary sector. So we shouldn't be so excited anymore about just digging up stuff and selling it, digging up gold, diamonds, uranium, or even oil, right? Like that's all primary sector extractive industries, as you said, we have to start making stuff, secondary sector and offering services, tertiary sector, practical example, ammonia, manufactured product, secondary sector, used as a fuel for ships, you can start offering bunkering services and ships now start to call to port to access that fuel. That's tertiary sector. That's the thinking that we should be getting more and more excited about as Namibians and not just, um, you know, finds of natural resources because that leaves you very exposed um, to commodity price fluctuations and, and your economy essentially um, becomes very vulnerable to exogenous shocks, right? So that's that's what we're trying to do. And that's why the primary job, as, as, as many people forget, still is economic advisor to the president. We're thinking of how to restructure our economy uh, to be future-proofed, right? Um, relative to the meg- mega trends that we're identifying around the world. James, we're definitely going to have you on on our pre-Christmas show because you always leave us feeling better. Amazing. For the future. Thank you so much for the update. Uh, We'll have to leave it there, but we'll chat to you shortly. One more thing, Gary. I was told to announce that we are bringing a special guest, uh, I think, next week, Thursday. So Rainer Baker, the Special Energy Envoy, and myself will come to your show and do a live interview, especially just for you and your viewers. And we will take you back to where this whole story started all the way up to where it is today uh, and the special partnership between Germany and Namibia in this space. So only here on Gary's uh, business show. We look forward to that next week. Thank you, James. Ciao, ciao. Cheers. 
The lead story was proudly brought to you by Alex Forbes. Alex Forbes, insight, advice, impact.